Hey, y'all, before we get started, if you haven't connected with us over on Instagram or Twitter, it is at NFTs, number four, newbies. Again, NFTs for newbies. We post a lot of behind the scenes stuff, some extra tips and tricks and education around this crazy world of Web3 and NFTs. Find us on Instagram or Twitter, NFTs for newbies. Hey, my friends, this is part two with our guest, Brad Barrett, or exploring taxes in NFTs. Now, if you didn't catch part one, it is linked in the show notes. It's a good one. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs, but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you, and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. What should we be looking for as far as somebody doing our taxes? Like Brian and I have been talking, we're like, do we need, is there like an NFT certification? Like somebody that we need to be looking for specifically who knows how to handle this? Yeah, I mean, I cannot imagine there are a ton of NFT expert CPAs out there right now. But that said, there are plenty of CPAs who understand, hey, what does it mean to sell a stock or a mutual fund? Like, I don't think we need to think of it terribly different than that. Again, but the the issue becomes the ETH to US dollars. That's where we're going to have a problem. That's going to be the most vexing thing for accountants out there. If this was all in USD, this is simple. It's really very simple. It's nothing revolutionary. It's just, hey, just like you get that report, from Vanguard that says, hey, I had these stocks, I bought and sold them. You would provide something similar to your accountant. They would know exactly what to do with it and it would be fine. Yeah. I think it's more like my concern is is the US dollars to, to ETH issue. That, yeah. you know, again, it's just, it's data, right? And it does exist. Like, you know, I went into Etherscan to look at my transaction detail and like, it's there. You just have to kind of fish it out. It's a lot easier to do it in ETH. Right. And we might, this again goes back to my, my, uh, disclaimers at the outset. It's like there, we might get more guidance on, okay, this has to be at the exact moment that you bought it and you have to look to the ether scan, or it might just be, Hey, what was the price of ETH on that day? And you can just look that up real quick somewhere. Like, but again, we all know, right? Like that the prices change pretty significantly. So that, that might not give you an accurate answer. But again, as long as you guys are not trying to like cheat the government like stupidly and not report anything, like if you're doing if you're doing this in good faith, you report to the best of your ability, we're all going to be fine, yeah. right? So like there's no, n- nothing terrible is going to happen to you. Like, the, you know, you're going to cut even the worst case, the one in a thousand that you get audited at this point, it's so rare. Like <laughs> you have an auditor come in and like, you're going to hand them your information. You're going to explain your methodology, right? Like this is what I did. You know, if they need to change it a little bit, like, again, you're not getting thrown in prison, right? Nothing terrible is happening. Like, you're if making they... me feel better. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I've been nothing, nervous. There's nothing to worry about, Heather. I promise. Okay. Like, you do the best of your ability, you pay the taxes you owe. And if they come in again in the one in a thousand or one in a hundred, whatever it is, case that you get audited, they adjust you a little bit. Okay. Right. There's nothing to be worried about. You're not cheating. You're not doing anything wrong. Again, as long as you're reporting this stuff, right? Sure. Like, for the people who I... think, Oh, it's crypto. Like those people deserve all the bad things coming to them. You know? yeah. <laughs> Heather, I have this vision in my head of you getting audited somehow, and you know it, you know, man. Trying you to get out of it. It's very kind, Mitch. And just being like, <laughs> let me, 
patient panda and, and you try and drop and be like, here, set up a wallet and you drop it in there, <laughs> you drop it in their wallet. But you don't uh, know me, Rich. Yeah. I mean, I, ha- I have ahead. one I elementary question. This is yeah, it. Sure. And I'm, and I'm good after this and you may have said it, but I'm just a little confused. Um, so if I keep my NFT and don't sell it or cash on yeah. it, that's something I don't have to necessarily claim right now because it's unrealized. Correct. What about keeping ETH in my wallet? Is that something that I get taxed on or can I keep ETH? Good question. You can keep ETH as well. That's and it's a not great taxable. Question. No, it's not. So Whew, that is God. absolutely 100%. You're making my day, Brad. Like, yeah. All right. So, right. If you bought ETH and you just held it, there's not a taxable event. It's unrealized. So, Interesting. Um, yep. You're good to go. Now, again, I, I gave a little bit of detail on this, and this is where like it gets a little confusing is with, you know, that the quote unquote sale. And I keep saying quote unquote, because I think it's ridiculous, but like the sale of ETH to buy an NFT, like there's a taxable event there. And then there's the taxable event when you eventually sell that NFT. And then you've got ETH again, right? Right. And then you you're holding that. So I know it sounds like a lot. It's like, once you sit and think about it, it's not that confusing. It makes sense. Yeah. There's logic to it. It's just like, it's just wrapping your mind around like, okay, these are the rules of the game. I finally understand them because honestly, like I got it, I got this wrong because I, I injected my own opinion into that, that uh, tweet thread where mm-hmm. I just, I still find it hard because I think about, hey, I took USD and I bought ETH. To me, that's the same as like, hey, I took USD and bought and traded for euros and bought something in France, right? Like, yep. you know, there shouldn't be a taxable event there, but, but right now ETH is not treated as currency. So that's the issue. Do I think 10 years from now that it will be treated as currency? I think there's a decent likelihood. That's my personal opinion, not my yeah. professional opinion. But that's why I think it's ridiculous that there's that gain on the sale of ETH at that time. So again, my personal opinion. So um, going through my list here of things, you know, other things that could possibly change. Now, again, this doesn't change really anything we talked about as far as keeping records, keeping the sales date, the sales price, uh, you know, the purchase date, excuse me, and then the sales. But, you know, I talked about capital gains, right? So if you look up, you just Google like 2021 capital gains tax rates, you'll see like, okay, most people are paying 15% on ca- on long-term capital gains. Okay, it's, it's based on income, but you have to have really low income or really high income to pay anything other than 15%. So uh, that will apply to some people, but you know, vast majority is 15%. Whereas if if NFTs are considered collectibles, and this is getting really into the new ones, then it's taxed at a flat 28%. Wow. Now, as of today, the, yeah, which is crazy, right, right? Like, the, as of today, the research that I've done suggests that these are capital assets, okay? So I am not personally treating them as collectibles as of now. I think we, it's conceivable we could get guidance that would change that, but I would not count on that as of now. So nothing leads me to believe that they'd be treated as collectibles as of now. Now, I know you guys are both, uh, you know, I I can see your face. The audience necessarily can't, but uh, you guys are in horror right now. No, 28%. Now, obviously, if you're, if you, again, if you're, if these are capital assets and you're selling them short term, right? We talked about the differentiation between short and long term. The long term is 15%, but short term is just your normal income. So if you are a pretty high income single or household, you might be paying somewhere around, 28, 32%, something like that anyway. And in which case, a short-term sale of NFT would be about that. So this collectible thing might not be catastrophic. But again, I have no reason to believe that's the case as of now, but I'm keeping my eyes open for that. I think everybody else should as well. 
Hey newbies, our friend Sean has made an online course called NFTs Simplified. So consider it an extension of the things that we've tried to help you do. Now this course is gonna cover a few things and we wanna tell you about it because it is very affordable and it is very worthwhile. So obviously we're gonna cover what an NFT is, how to transfer Ether crypto into your wallet, how to buy an NFT, NFT security basics, all so that you can do the things you want. Some of you wanna make money, some of you wanna invest money, some of you wanna make sure your NFTs and your monies are safe. And that's exactly uh, why we're pairing up with Sean for this. So there will be five video lessons and there's also plenty of course handouts and notes. Uh, I'm looking at some of the reviews right now. Here's one from Helene saying the course is great. I love the graphics and wish I had time to watch all this before I tried to do it myself. So there's additional reviews just like that, that made us confident to partner with him and to offer this course to you for 19 bucks. Okay. That's about three Starbucks grande drinks. Okay. So think about it, 19 bucks to keep your NFTs safe, to get you some of that extended knowledge that you want and to just have a course from someone who is driven to help you. So we'll link it in the show notes. See you next time. I, I kind of mentioned it in the beginning. Um, and if you are, are a business owner, uh, one of the things a lot of people don't tell you is um, you know, about estimated tax payments and, and trying to get ahead on those. And I learned that the hard way. And this year has been totally different. I feel like uh, weight lifted off my shoulders because I'm ahead. But if if you are transacting at a pretty regular cadence uh, in terms of NS, NFTs, um, how can you go about... Well, what are estimated tax payments? And, and how do you go about kind of figuring those out? Yeah, that is a really good question. So, okay, this kind of goes back to elementary tax return. Okay. So, uh, you have your, all your income and, and such your capital gains, right? Well, we've been talking about this all the time that that goes onto your tax return. Okay. So you have your, all your income, you get a bunch of deductions and, you know, depending on you get your standard deduction, you might get some credits if you have kids, et cetera, et cetera. That then gets you down to your taxable income. And then you have a tax liability. Okay. So, you know, they do, there's some magic in the background, a little uh, multiplication, right? Based on your tax rate and you get your tax liability. That's the tax that you owe. Okay. Now, if you, now most of us have W-2 income, right? So we have a regular paycheck and we, every two weeks or however often you're paid, you, you get your paycheck, but they've already withheld some of your federal tax some federal tax payments and state as well, but it's just easier to talk federal here. So that happens in the background for you. In essence, the federal government is, you're paying the federal government throughout the year some money to put aside, okay? That money is not tax. You have not paid that. That's not tax liability. That's just, it's kind of like the government's kind of holding that money for you as as an offset against that future when you put in your return, you figure out what your actual liability is. So let's say you owe 10,000 bucks. That's your, your federal tax liability for 2020, right? The returns we just filed. And if throughout the year you had withheld, now in many cases, unbeknownst to you, but your HR department is doing this. If you had withheld $12,000, right? Then you, your liability is 10. They withheld 12. So you have an overpayment of $2,000. And that's where our refunds come from right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not magic. It's just, yeah. that's, that's the fundamental essence of what happens with a refund. Okay. They, 
over withheld for you. Like my CPA's brain would say like the perfect tax return is a zero refund and a zero due because I withheld the exact amount, right? Like it's picture perfect. I get no refund. The government wasn't holding extra money for me throughout the year. I was able to invest that or use it however I wanted. Perfect, right? Now, okay, contrast that, Rich, with your question, which is for entrepreneurs, for small business owners, for people who have excess income or gains in this case, okay, like you have to pay, you have to pay that money in throughout the year. And again, the onus is actually on you to do this, right? There's no, there's nobody looking out for you. There's no nanny state. There's no company that's doing it for you, right? Like you have to do it. So if you are a small business owner, let's just, let's just use that because it's easy. Uh, you make $100,000 of income for the calendar year, you can't just pay. So again, we're in 2021. You made a hundred grand in 2021. You can't just pay your, your federal liability on April 14th, 2022. And you walk away and everybody's happy, right? Like, because you were supposed to make payments on that account in theoretically equal amounts throughout 2021. Okay. So that is what we call, you, you make estimated tax payments. Okay. So in a perfect world, you're kind of, you have a sense of what you owe. You have a sense of what your income is, a sense of what you owe, and you just kind of pay quarterly. There's a a website called eftps.gov. And that's the, uh, I guess, the automated electronic federal tax payment system. So you link up your bank account, you, you know, it takes about 30 seconds to send a payment. in. so it's actually pretty easy. And, you know, but obviously the calculating is is a little hard. And I think, you know, ultimately as you know, Rich, you can you can attest to this. It's it's more just it's knowing that you owe this money. Like that's yeah. that's rule number one is okay, I understand that this is even the case. And then you try to pay quarterly. I think generally speaking, the easiest way, because ultimately what you want to do is you want to avoid penalty and interest. That's actually what we're doing here. As long as you have money, you understand, okay, I owe my tax. I Worst case, I owe it by April 15th of the next year. What I really want to do with these estimated payments is avoid interest and penalty. Yep. Okay? So that's why you make your estimated payments. And now this is kind of outside the scope of, of uh, this podcast, but I would definitely have everybody look up like estimated tax underpayment penalty. In most cases, if you pay in it's usually 100%. It's somewhere, depending on your income level, it's between 90 and 110% of your prior year tax liability. So again, I said $10,000. We're using that as hypothetical. So that was your 2020 federal liability was 10 grand, right? So for 2021, pretty much as long as you have that 10 grand paid in in quarterly payments in 2021, you're fine as far as penalty and interest goes because that that's the name of the game. That's what we're trying to avoid. So even if you made a crap ton of money in 2021, you had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of NFT sales or your business didn't make a hundred grand and made a million dollars, right? As long as you paid in, now again, it's probably going to be 110% in that case, but you know, between 90 and 110, you have to look that up. You know, I, I can't give every scenario. As long as you mm-hmm. paid in that 10 grand during 2021, you're not going to get hit with interest and penalty. You just then are going to owe a boatload of tax, obviously, with your tax return, right? Like, yeah. but, but that's the crucial point. Does that make sense, Rich? Yeah, you're, you're just making 
this is exactly what happened. My first year, I owed a ton and I literally played the fool as in like, no one told me, you know, and, and, you know, and then the following year, uh, when I did my returns, I had all the estimated payments kind of drawn out by my CPA. And it was just like, it's like, okay. But I, I think what you're saying is, is really simple. No one is taking, no one is taking what you owe out for you, like in a traditional workplace, number one, you want to make these payments in advance and you probably would do that quarterly. And if you, if you did a hundred thousand in sales in 2021 on NFTs and in 2022, or let's just say you, you owed and paid $10,000 in taxes in 2021 and somehow your income changes dramatically, even if you assume it's going to be the same or in that little range, you're still good. Even if you end up owing more because you may so much more. Like, that's how I think about it. Right. And you will obviously owe more tax then. Yes. But you won't get hit with the interest and penalties for the estimates. Yes. Okay. Now, and, you know, and then in the following year, your your tax liability from the prior year would have been huge then. So then you need to, your estimates will have to go up. Exactly. Right? So it's, it's always that trailing year. So that's the important point, right? And now naturally, like your income might go down and then you make adjustments accordingly. Highly suggest speak to an accountant or just do a little Google research. But this at least, this again, goes back to my entire tweet thread and this podcast is you have to do your own research, but it's important to have a mental framework, at least how to approach this. And I hope that this this helped at least with that is like, we all have a sense of, okay, why does the tax system work like this? What do I have to look for? What do I, you know, all of these little details, they can change at the margin. They're not going to change that much, but at least we have a framework to move forward intelligently. You just talked for 36 minutes about something that I know nothing about and very intimidated about, and I'm walking away feeling like I get it. So yeah. you're a great teacher. Yeah. First and foremost, thank you so much for this. I feel a lot more confident, but I know there's a lot more to learn too. Do you have any suggestions about where listeners can go? Maybe to, yeah, I know your your show isn't about this per se, but... Yeah, it's not, but it's interesting. Actually, our most recent our most recent podcast episode, I'm trying to find the episode here, and obviously I'm not sure when, when we're going to publish, but uh, episode 346 of Choose FI, we talked about how do I figure out the taxes on this? And it's, um, it's you know, an hour, an hour version of, of what we just went through. And, it, and, you know, again, it gives people just an understanding of, of hey, what do I need to think about? So, um, yeah, I'm going to try to keep up to date on Twitter with any new... Uh, new developments. So Great. I think I'm at Brad Choose FI. So definitely follow me there. But yeah, uh, otherwise, you know, I'll do my best <sighs> to uh, to keep this info up to date. So grateful. What you got we for us, Rich? We can't thank you enough. Yeah, we can't thank you enough. And <laughs> and uh, I mean, oh, I feel man. the same way as Heather, uh, to be completely honest. And uh, I I now feel a little bit more like a responsible adult. Um, you know, knowing <laughs> knowing what I have to do and knowing uh, a couple of things like okay, like yeah. hold on to it for more than twelve months. Number one, and you know, like the less transactions, the better, in my opinion. So uh, I'm just gonna kind of leave it there. But we always end mm. with a question from and this interview deck from uh, Pod Deck from a friend of ours. And uh, here is a question I pulled for you today and we'll end here. Have you ever had a roommate? If so, what did you hate about? What did you hate about them? Ooh, man, it's got nasty. Oh, for real. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, so I guess in college, I had a roommate. Post-college, I haven't had a roommate. But in college, I had a roommate. And yeah, I guess uh, I'm kind of like a, not a neat freak by any means, but like, I like things orderly. And yes. my roommate would torture me by like moving things around 
And so I, uh, you know, he was messy. I think that's my actual answer, but he was extraordinarily messy. It was, it was kind of hard for me to deal with. So, uh, but yeah, he would, he would mess with my brain by like moving the scissor and my OCD, uh, you know, uh, tendencies came out a little bit. So yeah, good fun. You, you know, he's not keeping a spreadsheet of his NFTs. <laughs> he's definitely Come on. Not. He's definitely Come on. Not. 